0: We're Rachel and Erica, and this is the Autoimmune and You podcast. Neither of us took one answer as our truce when we were diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, and we want you to do the same. There is so much information out there, so many people telling you what or what not to do, and
1: we know how confusing it can feel. This podcast is about breaking past your limits and fears and realizing that different things work for each of us. You are the creator of your own journey, and guess what? You can do whatever the fuck you want. What's up? I am recording from sunny Australia. This is my last time I'll be recording while I am overseas. Um, And so we wanted to do something like a little bit kind of, I don't know, like lighter and easy to listen to and a little bit fun. Um, I feel really bad because Erica's in rainy California right now. So it's like complete opposites. She's all bundled up.
0: Sitting in a, a big puffer jacket, down jacket.
1: (laughs) But anyway, uh, just had to set the scene for you a little bit. So we're going to jump into a really fun um, episode. I feel like people really love to see what other people are eating. I don't know why, like Erica and I were saying, even we like to, you know, watch YouTube videos and stuff like that of stuff that other people are eating. And um so we're gonna go into kind of like things that we really like to eat, um, things that like kind of like what our day would look like and you can kind of visualize it for yourselves. Um, and some general kind of you know go-to recipes. And obviously I've been traveling, so I'm gonna mix in a little bit of what I've been doing while I'm here as well as what I usually do at home. So I don't know, hopefully this is interesting to you. So I think that the thing that's gonna be most interesting for you guys is that we talk all the time. And even in our intro about the fact that there's no one size fits all to living life with an autoimmune disease. And Erica and I eat very differently on like so many levels and it works for us, right? Like we both experience minimal flares. Erica hasn't really experienced like a full flare in a long time with medication and diet and all the other things. And, um, yeah, so I think just even when we were talking about and thinking about kind of brainstorming, like, what do I eat in a day? Cause you know, just like anything else, it's like, you just do it. You don't really like double think of the way that you're eating once you're in a routine with it. And I was thinking about the fact that just, it's, it's going to be very different. So that's going to be so um, interesting to get into. So do you want to start?
0: Yeah. I first want to say like, you know, there's so many, ways obviously like you just said of eating with the autoimmune disease but by no way are we saying like like rachel said like this is going to be anti-inflammatory to Mm -hmm. you or maybe even health promoting to you um i don't think we eat terrible foods Mm -hmm. but you know it just depends on how your body is going to respond to individual Mm -hmm. foods so if you're listening to this and you're like what the hell like that sounds crazy like that would flare me out like just know we're just sharing, as always, our personal life and experience. And even going back to when we started this podcast, I was eating very, very differently. Yeah. So disclaimer, this is what I'm eating in the moment that I feel good with eating. Yeah. Now, in a year or so, it could be different or it could be the same. I don't know. Uh, So we're going to just share what's working for us at the moment. Yeah that changes. And I've been, you know, since I've been sharing more of food, uh, like on my Instagram, again, I've been getting so many messages of like, how could you eat that? Like, isn't this bad? And isn't that bad? And it's just, it's just so funny, because it it just really takes me back to like the start of my autoimmune health journey, and how terrified I was of foods. And Mm -hmm. even up to this day, still have these deep, fears around food going, oh my God. Okay. So I'm eating dairy now, but like six years ago, that was highly inflammatory Mm -hmm. to me. And so there is a deep fear in there of like, oh my God, what if this like Mm -hmm. Mm long-term causes me some type of immune reaction, but I'm so in tune with myself now that I would know. I mean, it's been since Mm -hmm. May of last year Mm -hmm. and nothing has happened versus if I eat other foods that I know, known to trigger me I can't have those things
1: consecutively Mm -hmm. in a row otherwise I will have a flare-up regardless of being on medication as you're listening to this if you're thinking like what Erica said a little bit ago about like oh my god what the heck like that would flare me up so bad I just want to say that's kind of the point of this episode the point is like you aren't supposed to eat exactly the way that we eat and I'm not supposed to eat exactly the way that you eat like That is the point. And that's kind of like what we want to drive home. And maybe part of it, you'll get some good ideas of, oh, wait, I actually really like that food and I haven't eaten it in a while and it never used to flare me up. I don't know why I stopped eating it and I want to eat it again. You know, like maybe it'll it'll, um, jog your memory of some ideas that will make you kind of connect back with your food again. Right. Um, or maybe it'll give you some thoughts of, oh, maybe that's what's been triggering some flares for me. And maybe you hadn't thought of it before. So just come at this episode with a totally open mind and hopefully a little entertain you a little.
0: Yes. Yeah, so let's get into it. So breakfast for me, I'm not one of those people that cannot have breakfast and be fine. Like my <laughs> husband can have a three cups of coffee. No, he's not that crazy, but like two cups of coffee on an empty stomach and be totally fine. That would give me the jitters. And I, my blood sugar would be like completely out of whack ever since I can remember. I've always kind of not, I never had like hypoglycemia. Maybe it wasn't like diagnosed, but I Mm -hmm. do have those tendencies when I eat foods. So for me, what I've noticed is that I need to have some type of fat and protein when I have carbs in the morning. So mm. I can't just I mean, I can, but I don't feel my best. So say I just had like a bowl of oatmeal, right? It runs through me very quickly. And mm. I love oatmeal. I we that's actually something my husband and I eat very frequently, just like rolled oats with cinnamon mm-hmm. in there. Um, and then once it's done cooking, we add like dried raisins and like bananas and like fruit and stuff on top of it. But I notice that like 30 minutes later, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is like, if I have oatmeal, I try to have like a scrambled egg or something like that on the side to kind of like balance that out because I do need that protein. Otherwise, like I hit a dip throughout my day. So breakfast is really, really important to me. It kind of sets my energy throughout the whole day. Um, so I do really kind of like to prioritize a decent meal. And because I do work from home, you know, I can take the time to make myself something extravagant if I want, or I can make, make it very basic if I don't have, you know, if I know I have a lot going on. Um, but so oatmeal, obviously one of the things with some eggs. Um, some of the other things I like to do is like, you know, avocado toast with some eggs on the side. Yeah, um, yes. I just – Yes. I just started, um, maybe like mid, well, actually when I started incorporating eggs back into my diet, I started making frittatas mm-hmm. and they are so good. I always thought of like a frittata is something like complicated. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is like too fancy to make And in reality. It's like, it's not, you just, what I've been doing is kind of like steaming potatoes, like dice them up really tiny. And then kind of like cook them in the pan and get them a little crispy with like some seasoning and then cooking like broccoli on the side, very mm-hmm. like tiny pieces of broccoli and then some type of like animal protein in it. Um, And then combining that all together with the eggs and you cook it for like, know, like 15, 20 minutes in my air fryer. And it's so freaking good. It's like it's very satiating because obviously there's a lot of like protein in that and that's what. I really find is like, makes my body feel good in the morning.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, um, didn't eat eggs for a while, but I've kind of always gone back and forth with them. I didn't even like them until like 2018, to be honest, I never used to like eggs. And I think it's cause like when I was like younger, um, I was not forced, I guess that's like a harsh word, but I was like almost forced to eat them sometimes. And I hated yeah. them and they would just be like the most bland scrambled eggs. I'm like. Ugh. And yeah. so I, I was convinced for literally most of my life that I hated eggs and, um, childhood trauma, just kidding. Um, so <laughs> I started liking eggs actually funny enough when I traveled to Bali and like every breakfast you have like basically an over medium or like yeah. egg. every single breakfast, whether it's noodles or toast or whatever. And I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty good. And so um, you guys have heard this in the, our past food episodes, like go scroll through our episodes. If you're really interested in like kind of diving deeper on the mindset and all of that behind food, um, as far back as like episode six. And then you can kind of like listen to every food episode from there, like all the way through to kind of see how we've evolved. But basically long story short, I've eaten them on and off for the past four and a half years. And so I'm back on eating them. I've been eating them for gosh, like probably a year now, almost, And, um, I have eggs multiple times a week and I'm totally fine. I feel actually really good with them. And it is like very satiating for me. Um, and I'm basically the same in this aspect. So I always do either like, um, an oatmeal or like potatoes with eggs or, um, avo toast is always a staple. The biggest thing for me with avocado toast, I am like such a stickler. I'm like, dude, This will level up your avocado toast so much. If you just smash it really good and add a little bit of lemon or lime juice and some salt and pepper. Oh, always, always. I always put lemon. Yeah. It adds, it makes a complete difference. Like literally just a tiny little bit, like a fresh, fresh lemon or lime juice, um, it's crazy. Like it adds such a different flavor depth. And like my boyfriend, when he makes it a lot of times, he'll just slap the avocado on there, which like bless his heart. Thank God he makes me breakfast sometimes, yeah. but yeah. the lemon man, he's like, it's always so much better when you make it. I'm like, you can do it too. All you do is put a little slice of lemon. <laughs> like, but, oh yeah. I don't
0: like just plain avocado. No, it. it's it not to... it. No, you need the, you need the little and lemon. And also with but like other... a
1: balsamic um glaze on it, oh, to die for. Yeah, you always
0: make that and I always think I need to go like
1: get some balsamic
0: glaze. <laughs> but the other thing is the toast aspects. So, yeah. for me, I like to put a little bit of olive oil and then Same. a little bit of sea- seasoning on the mm-hmm. toast. Yes. And then cook it and get it crispy mm-hmm. and then layer on the the avocado mash yeah, or whatever because exactly. then that adds an, uh, another layer to the depth of it but yeah that's yeah it's kind of hard to d- be disappointed with avocado toast unless yeah it's really bland and there's no like additional Nothing, like no seasoning, seasoning or, the, or the toast the toast is critical so I get my I shared I think I think it was in episode 56 the your grocery shopping mm-hmm. guide list that's actually something you should go back to after this if mm-hmm. you haven't listened to that one. But we kind of share like where we get our groceries and how we get our groceries. So that does make a difference. So I have I have a bakery in town where I get my sourdough bread. And basically, that's the only place that I buy my bread. I don't buy my bread for the grocery store just because there's like 10,000 unnecessary ingredients. Yeah, and that- a lot of those times they have like – nuts and seeds in the bread you know yep. Um. that's usually how breads are nowadays I'm like oh I just want like traditionally like fermented sourdough bread so get the the good
1: bread to level up your avocado toast facts um yeah so I feel like at least breakfast we eat kind of similarly and the one thing you'll find out if you haven't already about Erica and I is that seasonings are god like you have to season your food (laughs) like I don't care what you use but use seasonings like I honestly just recently figured out like how many people just don't really use seasonings on things and like my whole family knows like I know it makes no sense to me. Every single thing I make almost, it always at minimum has garlic powder, salt, sea salt and cracked pepper, like almost everything. Like, yeah, I always add different stuff. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, season your food, please. It's just going to lead to such a more pleasurable experience for you.
0: (laughs) Yep, exactly. Um, But other than that, like, like maybe on the weekends, I'll make myself some like pancakes or something like that. Um, and add like some bananas and strawberries or like blueberries on top. That's when I'm feeling a little bit fancy. Uh, but I kind of keep it pretty basic. Like, you know, when you have a lot going on, the key for me is nutrient dense stuff and mm-hmm. things are going to give me energy. Like yeah. that's my priority. Obviously I want things to like taste good, but I think people kind of overcomplicate things. Just yeah. find what tastes really good to you that you're actually looking forward to eating. And that will and fill then notice you up. The way- Yeah. That fills you up and notice the way that you feel after. Like mm-hmm. if you're feeling bloated, if you're feeling tired guys before my diagnosis, I used to go get Chick-fil-A for breakfast. I used to get a fried chicken sandwich early in the morning and that thing is full of MSG and just like, you know, um flowers and things that are just like not even there's no nutritional value yeah. to those types of things. And the oils that and, they
1: fry it in and literally Oh my God. It. What's and in I the bread feel- like <laughs> hmm.
0: And I would feel so lethargic after that. It was insane. I never feel lethargic after food. Mm-hmm. If I do, it is the most rarest occasion.
1: And then you're like, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? Like, you know, I should probably try something different tomorrow. That sort of thing, too. It's like exactly where like food should not make you feel lethargic. Food should make you feel energized. And yeah, again, we all have our meals where like we indulge and we might feel that way. And like no one's saying it's bad, but just recognize it, you know. Um, I will say one note that I want to make is that I honestly am the person that Erica said that she's not. Sometimes where like, I can absolutely function on like not eating. Like I really just listen to my body day to day. There are some mornings that I'm like, I need to eat right away. Or if I know that I have a busy day and I'm probably going to like kind of forget to eat, I'm like, okay, I'm going to eat now because I know I have time to prepare a good meal. And I know that I'm going to need energy for the day, but there's plenty of times where I will just like wake up and just be on a roll and maybe go to like an early workout class or something. And like, I love working out fasted. Like it just works really well for me, for my body. I'm not saying that's the right way or anything. I just listen to my body some days I'm fine. And I honestly don't eat until like 12 or one. It's like kind of like intermittent fasting, but just intuitive. And then other days I eat right away. So just listen to your body. Like some days I don't even have like, coffee or anything I'll just have a bunch of water and like maybe a smoothie in the morning and then yeah be fine to like one and sometimes not even that like I might have like a lot of water and a coffee like and then other days yeah. I have like a huge breakfast so my point yeah. there is no matter what time of day too, just like listen to your body because your body needs different things day to day depending on what happened the day before depending on the sleep that you got depending on like what your day looks like all of those factors are going to weigh in.
0: Yeah. I was going to say that too. It depends on the physical activity going on in your life, right? Like Mm -hmm. I work out five, six times a week, right? Mm -hmm. And I usually go to the gym in the evening. So time from like breakfast, sorry, dinner at six go and then going to the gym And then maybe having like a little protein, you know, shake after that. But time I wake up, I'm starving Mm -hmm. because my metabolism is very fast in general. Mm -hmm. And then on top of all the physical activity. So it just depends on what you have like going on. I do want to note here, though, I have a lot of clients that. Wake up and don't eat until like two o'clock, and they're running off of caffeine. Let me tell you, there's a difference in it of intuitive eating and fasting, and then your body, your body running on cortisol. Yeah. a lot of people run on cortisol from the moment that they wake and up and don't they're realize it. Yeah. and they don't realize, and then they're all jittery, and then they feel like they're gonna faint. Time that they eat,
1: that's not okay. Like, I think you know, a big point of that is that caffeine is literally a drug to your brain, right? So basically if that's all you're doing every single day, you're literally yeah. just giving yourself a jolt of a drug. And then that's why you crash. And then you start having these like withdrawal symptoms basically. So just kind of keep that in mind if that's like your norm.
0: Yes. Yes. I think that's important to mention. Cause I feel like a lot of people in general, not just like clients, but like friends that I know, you know, they don't eat because they're waking up with high stress levels because they're like, Oh my God, I have to go to work. And then they're at Mm -hmm. work all day and they're just like, go, 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 go. And then they Mm -hmm. finally get to the point where they feel like lethargic and they're going to like pass out. So yes, food is not necessary three times a day. Absolutely not. I think food is like so weird in today's society. (sighs) We're like, we have to eat like three meals a day. No, you don't. Some people could afford to eat one time a day. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like not everyone has to have consume the same amount of calories a day. And not everyone should be eating the same, you know, portion of fats, carbohydrates, mm-hmm. and proteins, because we all have different things uh, going on in our life. And right now, like I'm trying to consume more calories than the average person because my goal is to gain weight. Mm-hmm. So I do want to have a lot more like high protein, high fat things in my diet right now. Uh, If that wasn't my goal, maybe, you know, I'd be eating differently. But again, the point is feel out your body Mm -hmm. and feel, see, okay, on the days that I eat this, how do I feel after Mm -hmm. that? And kind of make that connection for yourself. And then you start figuring out like, Hey, when I have, you know, um, a boiled egg and a piece of fruit, like I feel good. I feel Mm -hmm. light and I don't feel heavy. I don't feel bloated. And I also feel energized.
1: Yeah. It's a matter of like truly being intuitive and not being like I'm intermittent fasting, but really like Erica said, you're just running on cortisol versus like truly being like, okay, what yeah. taking like a couple minutes to be like, what does my body need today? you can literally, if you truly are like building that intuition and building that like mind, body, soul connection, you can literally sit there and ask yourself, what do I need today? And your body and your mind will tell you, but you got to start building that like awareness um, early yeah. on and just keep building on it. Yeah. All right. So, so, lunch-y.
0: so the goal for my lunch is to have it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of the times during my lunch hour, I mean, especially on Tuesdays and Thursdays when we work together, mm-hmm. we're like deep into stuff. So mm-hmm. it's hard to be like, let me make this big old fancy thing. So my lunch, most of the time, hopefully, if that's possible, is to be able to have leftovers from dinner. Yeah. So that my lunch is dependent upon what I had for dinner the night before. But if I don't, I would say like lunch for us would be like, um, I really like to make like a chicken salad, just like a big thing of like red leaf lettuce, put some cabbage in there, put some apples in there. Um, I really love like thinly sliced, uh, cabbage and apples and, and my green salads. And then I'll probably like air fry, like a chicken breast or something like that. Heavily season that cut that up really thin, put that in the salad and maybe have like some potatoes, you know, for like that Mm -hmm. carb side of thing, Mm -hmm. um, on the side. And then, uh, just put some type of like dressing, like vinaigrette on it. Um, but yeah. And if my husband is making me lunch, which Rachel knows, uh, he uh, yeah. usually he he'll whip something up, which will be like some type of protein, veggies and rice. Like mm. literally it's that simple. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those are that's my lunches are not really ever crazy to tell you the truth. dinner is where I put the most attention yeah. and love into
1: Yeah, I'm definitely the same way in that aspect. A lot of times, um, like I said, sometimes lunch is kind of breakfast for lunch. If I haven't really like fully eaten that day yet and intuitively other times, um, I would say, honestly, my go-to is like a quinoa or rice, some air fried veggies. And like, maybe if I'm feeling adventurous, like some tofu or something, but honestly, half the time, it's like Rice or quinoa or sometimes potatoes, air fried veggies and maybe like an egg on top. Um, if I haven't had egg yeah. yet that day. Or sometimes I just do the veggies and the um starch because again, feeling out what you need for your body. Um, a lot of times a lot of my protein comes from lately um, things like actually a lot of people I feel like don't know like some veggies like broccoli and other things like that do have protein in them and I think a lot of people are like oh protein is like chicken and meat and fish and it's like Mm -hmm. you can get like yeah it doesn't have as much protein but you can get quite a bit of protein from things like brown rice from things like um, green leafy vegetables and um, all sorts of vegetables Um, and so all sometimes if I want something a a little bit lighter do that or like a salad for sure I'm like Erica and I like to just like put as much as I can into a salad so um I'll put something like strawberries or blueberries I'll put some like um walnuts a lot of times like crushed walnuts maybe slivered almonds on top um I love cucumber and salad just for that like fresh crunch um my biggest thing is just any type of spring mix, but I am so picky with spring mix only in the aspect of I don't like herbs in my spring mix. There's like mm-hmm. some spring mixes from the store that have like, I don't know, like tarragon and parsley and cilantro or whatever. In oh, it. no, I don't like I just, either. I don't want any of that in there. I just want like the spring mix. So I don't care what it is. It can be any type of lettuce. It can be any type yeah. of spinach, whatever, but except arugula. Arugula, I cannot get down with unless it's a little yeah. bit in a Very mix. Very bitter. Oh, like a straight arugula salad props to all of you who love it. I cannot, I, no matter how much dressing I put on it, which I'm notorious for putting too much dressing on accident, but like, well, even kale
0: though, like for me, I have, like, if I have, if I have a kale, like if if I have kale in a salad, one, it has to be mixed in with other things. Mm -hmm. And two, it has to be very marinated and very massaged. Mm And if I eat bite into like raw kale that I can like feel it. And I'm like, I'm like, why am I, I'm like, why am I doing this? I can get the same nutrients, if not better from other things. I know kale is like a superfood, but there's other things that you can get those nutrients from and enjoy what you're eating. You don't have to gag
1: on (laughs) your salad literally salad should be amazing and fresh and delicious. Like don't put kale in your salad if you don't like it. PSA. Um, okay. (laughs) But yeah, (laughs) lunch is like pretty, um, similar or honestly, if like we're out and about, I'll just grab like Chipotle or something. Um, and with Chipotle, like I don't you all know this, but I don't do dairy. So I don't do any sort of like cheese or sour cream or anything. A lot of times it's like pretty simple. I'll just do like brown rice and some black beans. And I really love the sofritas there. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, like super simple. Um, I will just say like for lunches, especially bowls are queen, like just any type of bowl, like give me a bowl with some sort of starch and some vegetables and maybe a protein. I am sold like and sauce on there, maybe some sriracha or something sold like bowls are queen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's really simple. It's kind of
0: hard to like mess it up. And especially with adding, you know, like a hot sauce on it or some type of like sauce right on top of it. I love spice. It just Just adds that like
1: everything needs spice.
0: Oh, absolutely. Everything needs spice.
1: As you may know, juicing was a huge part of each of our journeys after we were diagnosed with RA. While juicing obviously has many health benefits, we know the process can be a pain in the butt. Buying a ton of produce, washing it all, the cleanup, the breakdown, and not to mention the uncertainty of if it's even going to taste good or if you're going to have to chuck it down. That's why we are so excited to have this episode sponsored by Garden of Flavor. Their cold-pressed organic juices are delicious, nutritious, and shipped straight to your door. My current favorite has been the Wheatgrass Pineapple Energy Elixir. It has clean energy from Guayusa and also has probiotics in it so it can support your digestive health.
0: On those days that I feel like I'm not getting enough veggies in, it's nice to have a ready to go green juice in my fridge. I also love their turmeric crush juice for days when I'm feeling a little bit flared up. Basically, you are flooding your body with nutrients while giving your digestive system a bit of a break. Because think about it, it'd be really challenging for most of us to consume that amount of fruits and vegetables in just one sitting. We could go on forever about all the amazing benefits of drinking juices made from organic fruits and vegetables. But the main highlight we want to mention is that juicing has the ability to boost your immune system and provide an anti-inflammatory effect. They have an amazing variety of fresh juices, elixirs, and even nut milk. We've been fortunate enough to try most of their juices, and we're absolutely hooked.
1: Garden of Flavor is giving you 20% off your order with code Autoimmune, and you all one word as always, and the link is in our show notes.
0: Uh, Alright, so going on to um, dinner, I guess, I feel like Yeah. Like I said, this is the one or actually put a lot of thought into Mm -hmm. um, because it's the biggest meal that I have throughout my day. Like my breakfast is it. It's not like it's it's to where I feel full, but it's not like, oh my God. Like I'm not, it's mm-hmm. just basically to get me through until lunch. It's mm-hmm. not like this big high priority. Um, So since it's winter here, obviously that's going to change right on like the foods mm-hmm. that we're eating and the type of foods that we're eating. So what we've been making a lot of is like chili. So, you know, having mm-hmm. mixed beans, um, maybe ground turkey or like grass fed beef. Okay, in there. wait, um,
1: pause for a second. I have a controversy here. Okay. Someone recently, I don't remember where or who it was, but someone recently was trying to tell me that chili is a summer food. And I was like, I'm sorry. Chili is so hearty. Like I think of like fall and winter. And this person was like, I can't take summer food. So you guys need to chime in on this and like message us or something, because I want to know if there's anyone else in the world that thinks that it's a summer food, (laughs)
0: There's no way I'm making a hot chili. Yeah, I sweat. I, I sweat when I eat my chili. Okay, yeah. <laughs> not not just because it's hot, but because the spices and stuff yeah. that I put in it. Yeah, there's no way in L.A. weather I'm eating hot
1: chili. Right, on hot it's just not I'm happening. Like, so. What are you talking about? Anyway, sorry. Go on. I yeah. just had to put that in there. I want to hear from you guys on this for real, though. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I definitely have foods that I find myself eating more of um, in the winter. And so chili is definitely one of those things. I love making also like I make this hatch chili jalapeno cornbread that I always Mm -hmm. eat with my chili. It always looks so good. And then I put like honey and or you can put maple syrup um, and cinnamon on the cornbread. And the combination Mm. is just so freaking good. So we probably make that maybe like once or twice a month, depending. Um, but yeah, that is something that we usually uh, make on a regular basis. I love making French
1: onion soup. Like French onion soup is my favorite. Oh my favorite. god, so- that brings me back to when we made it at your house. You're like, why is this taking so long? My hand hurts. I don't want to. Keep- okay, I- so let <laughs> You me- hadn't done it in a while before that, right? Yeah,
0: but I also was flared out. When I was slightly flared before we went to that Joshua tree trip, and then I was really flared when I got back. Um, So the last time I just made the French onion soup, it was not as torture. And I, didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have pain in my wrist or my elbows. Like that's not normal. <sighs> but yes, French onion soup, it does require, you know, dedication. So do it on a day where you are going to be available.
1: And to, this is like, talking like if top. you're making it real and like making it from scratch yes. and not using like French's bullshit mix with a bunch of preservatives in it. Disclaimer. Oh no,
0: no, I am caramelizing those onions down. I'm adding the red wine and the vegetable broth and the thyme and the and the rosemary and the garlic. Like I, I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'm putting in the work, and then. I get my sourdough from the bakery that I talked about. And then uh, we do have a store. Uh, it's called the cheese cave uh, where I live. And they get like all like locally sourced, like dairy and stuff like that, higher, high end dairy. And so melt that on the bread and then like dip it into the the French onion. i it's so, it's just really freaking good. I just, yeah, if I'm, if I think of a food, I'm going to make it like, even if it feels like long and exhausting, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to make this. Yeah.
1: It's it's worth it. And also knowing exactly what's going into it and knowing it's like a labor of love. And if I'm making something like that, and I know you do the same, like make a lot of it. If you're going to go through that work, make a lot. And you can always like freeze it and stuff too, with a lot of different types of foods. Like I recently, um, for my clients posted, so I, some of you might know this. Some of you might not. I put, um, self-published a um, cookbook uh, in July, 2020. Um, that's all plant-based and gluten-free recipes, super easy to execute, like very, very simple, easy to find ingredients. So anyway, I, um, released that there was like hard copies. I sold out of hard copies. Unfortunately, I don't have any now, but it is available on Amazon Kindle. Anyway, the point is I started working on a second cookbook, which was all comfort food. Cause like I'm obsessed with comfort food, but I'm obsessed with like making it a little bit more anti-inflammatory and just like more sustainable to be like, you could eat it frequently and not feel like shit. Um, And so it's a lot of like soups and pastas and baked goods and stuff like that. Um, And so anyway, I made an ebook version of it because I have not released that cookbook. I've never published it yet. And I've been sitting on it for gosh, almost two years. And so anyway, I published the ebook for my clients in our private group. And I have a client that came to me and she was like, dude, I tried the minestrone in there. It's so easy to make. And she made a bunch extra and just froze it all. And if I'm being yeah. honest, like, yes, I've froze, I've like made extra and frozen it before, but usually I just make extra and put it in my fridge. Cause I eat it so fast. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah freezing soups. That is a thing. And it just reminded me of that. So like, here's your PSA to freeze your soups.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you put so much like work into it. I know every time like I make a soup, it's like, I mean, it's a process. Like you want the flavors to like come together. You don't want to just like boil it for like 20 minutes. You know, like, yeah. I-, I usually have my soups um, on the stove for like a long time and I know like pressure cookers and stuff are good for that but I personally don't there's certain soups that I will use in a pressure cooker and then certain soups I like to be stirring Mm -hmm. it and heavily involved with it like in the process and I really do feel like it makes a difference to like have a pressure cooker soup compared to like I wouldn't do French onion in a pressure cooker. Yeah. A pressure cooker. I just, I wouldn't. You need well, to caramelize it down. You need, it's like a whole It's like also the harvest.
1: energy that you're putting into it, right? You're literally putting like love and energy and like time into it, which definitely makes a difference. There's a reason why grandma's cooking always tastes better than our own cooking. Oh. Okay. Because she puts a shit ton of time and love into it. <laughs> I'm just yes. trying to be like grandma. <laughs> Oh
0: yeah, absolutely stepping in those grandma rules. Uh, But anyways, <laughs> I was gonna say one of the things that I do like to put into the pressure cooker is so I'll do like a chicken breast, and then I'll put like tomato paste and like taco seasoning oh. in it, and some maybe like uh, fresh like cilantro in it, and then I cook that in the pressure cooker on high pressure for. I would say like four hours. So like during my days just going, I don't have to do anything. You literally just throw it in there and then you'll have like really nice, juicy uh shredded chicken. So then mm-hmm. I will either put that into enchiladas or I'll bake tacos with that. Or you can throw it in a bowl with like beans and rice mm-hmm. and like other veggies. But that's the thing that like you could really drag it out. Like if you make it enough, mm-hmm. like you could throw it in different things throughout the week. So that's also like something that I like to do.
1: Ooh, I hope that all of you are like me right now. And you're able to just like visualize and like smell like the aromas and like just picture what's happening because I can. Yeah, I don't even eat yeah. meat right now. And I'm like, oh yeah, I could like see that and smell that. Um, mostly I feel like, cause I can like visualize your kitchen cause I've been there a couple of times. So I'm just like, I can like see you doing it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And on the tacos, like I will put, like, I love, shredded cabbage is like one of my favorite things, but I love like really, really thinly sliced cabbage. Mm -hmm. So I'll put that on the taco. And then I also like make an avocado cream sauce. So I basically just like blend avocado, lemon, cilantro, Mm -hmm. jalapeno, salt and pepper, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and sometimes fresh garlic or sometimes just like garlic granules. And it just comes out like super creamy. So it's not like guacamole yeah you know it's, it's yeah. a totally different vibe but like I really like putting that uh, on tacos as well
1: yeah and uh very easy this, I this also have to shout out easy. your um cashew crema while you're on that because you got me oh, yeah. hooked on that so it's super simple you literally just soak the cashews and then basically same ingredients if you want to make it spicy yeah. add that jalapeno but basically like, yeah like lemon juice garlic salt pepper super simple just blend it up and it's like a nice creamy yeah. sauce if you want something like that um oh god Wow, I like ate breakfast before we started recording and now I'm already like,
0: hmm. Yeah. Lunch. (laughs) Okay, so a couple of the other ones, I like to make a veggie paella. That's like a very easy thing that my husband and I do. Um, So basically – you're supposed to use a specific rice but honestly we just use white rice cuz it's hard to find the rice that is actually made for paella mm. but it still to me it comes out good. Uh so basically it's white rice and then you add like vegetable broth, saffron, turmeric, uh smoked pa- smoked paprika, paprika, uh salt and pepper and then you can add like uh bell peppers or broccoli or whatever type of vegetables you want yeah. to cook in it and we just do that on uh our cast iron and then you basically cook it until like the liquid's gone um but that's like really filling and then i put like avocado and like lemon and some like chili on top of that um that's super easy we've been loving like pastas lately um because it is cold and you just like want that warm hearty kind of meals so we've been doing pasta oh my god so there's this like viral pasta apparently on tiktok This is, i'm way outdated in this but <sighs> i saw it on pinterest and so i tried it out and my husband and i have been obsessed it with it you commented one? the other yeah it's the feta one yeah. so we get the feta uh from the cheese cave where uh our It's local in town, and so they have this really good feta. So we do that. Then you put like the cherry tomatoes, Mm -hmm. olive oil, garlic, salt, pepper situation. Cook that, and then once it's all cooked, you basically mush it all together. So Mm -hmm. like the cherry tomatoes will like burst, and then the cheese, and then um, and then we get this really good pasta also from the place that we get our cheese, and it's just like so freaking simple it literally mm-hmm. is the easiest meal you could possibly make obviously if that doesn't inflame you
1: you know make mm-hmm. it however is gonna work for you but honestly it's so freaking good does I'm that pasta like, have, to have like this. a name it came out I feel like I started seeing it like a year and a half ago on TikTok when people started being like super into it but has it I don't know if that I've ever seen like a name for it
0: no all I keep seeing is like viral I think it's like viral feta pasta I don't know you can probably find it if you just search
1: I make a very similar variation when I'm just like trying to be lazy um and so I'll bake my pasta or bake my pasta I'll cook my pasta and then basically just add like olive oil and fresh garlic and I'll like like let that kind of cook together um after I've like rinsed and you know drained my pasta or whatever and then I just add um, a little bit of red pepper flakes and then I'll add like some crumbled goat cheese in there. And it's a similar vibe, but it's even yeah. faster because I don't do feta. I do ve- like I've done actually fun fact since I've been traveling in New Zealand and Australia, I've done like a little bit of um, feta here and there, but like little tiny bites. But um, goat cheese, for some reason, like actually works really well for me. And I've been eating it over the past, like mm, maybe like two and a half months uh, yeah. very like maybe one time a week, but it's been working really well for me. And so I've been like making that pasta again. It's, I don't know. It's so good. I'm
0: salvating, I'm literally salivating. My Ooh, and like, is, like fresh water.
1: parsley on that one is like yeah. gold. It makes it like, I don't know. I love and basil. fresh herbs. Yes.
0: Yeah. Basil. Yeah. I like at the end when it's, when everything's cooked, I add in like the fresh basil on top of that and it's just like next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so it feels really weird because my diet was so different. I mean, the beginning of even last year, throughout this like first year and a half of our podcast was very different. So for me to even say that I'm eating these things with zero flare or zero reaction to these things, Mm -hmm. I never thought that I, I would be here. Honestly, when people reach out to me on Instagram and say, Oh my God, like you can have dairy. Like, isn't that so inflammatory for people that have autoimmune diseases? And I'm like, yes and no. Like, People, remember, I did not have dairy
1: dairy at
0: all to any degree. I've said this on a lot of episodes, but for six years consistently, I never cheated. I never half-assed it. So I genuinely know that I don't have a reaction at all to dairy. I have not experienced one thing. If anything, if I have a pasta with a lot of marinara sauce, I'm going to get pain. If I have a pasta based on with dairy in it, zero reaction. So that's what I'm saying is that just because one food was bad for you a long time ago, doesn't mean it's going to be the case. And there are foods that continuously irritate people regardless of how long they've had it out of their diet. So there is not going to be, you know, some timeline that I'm going to give you and say, well, because that happened for me for six years, it may not be possible for you. Dairy may be a continuous trigger for you. Um, so you have to really just feel it out and like, just get dedicated to listening to your body, cleaning up your diet. And then at some point you will be able to eat some of these foods that you literally never thought. Can I share a story? I really think this is just yeah. like Garrett was telling me the other day when I got diagnosed the next week, I went and saw my first naturopathic doctor and that was when she put me on an autoimmune paleo diet mm-hmm. and I knew nothing. I'm literally coming from the worst diet ever. She was like, "Okay, no dairy, no gluten." Da da da. Which dairy and gluten were like basically bagels and cream cheese. Were <laughs> <last> <laughs> yes, <one>. like <laughs> the limb- all I- that. Oh, I was so clogged twenty four seven, but I was just like addicted to it. Um so anyways, my husband and his mom and I we went out to I think it was the cheesecake factory as a last dinner before I started oh this journey. God. I'm not joking. We did a whole thing. I lived it up. I got a steak. I got a bake I got a baked pota- I got a baked potato with sour cream and butter. I ate like two whole loaves of the bread that they gave you with like, I literally
1: six- can't picture you even eating this much. <laughs> no, no
0: girl. I was like, cause I knew I was like, if I want to heal, I yeah. have to give up these yeah. foods. And so it was like, it was like my last feast. Like literally that's what it was. Dude. And I indulged the fuck in it. And the next day didn't have dairy for six years. So when you go down this journey, like you have to realize like it really does take dedication to clearing out some of these things and dairy, dairy, eggs, gluten, those are big triggers for people that have autoimmune diseases. But as you work on your gut and you develop a lifestyle that is promoting, you know, anti inflammation in your body, you should be able to get to a point where you do have more freedom with your food. Mm-hmm. Like I, I something's not going right. If you still are so reactive to every single food that you had six years ago, yeah. that means something needs to change. Something's like, maybe you got a parasite. Maybe you have major gut dysbiosis, still mm-hmm. major, like whatever. There has to be a route to that because the goal is to be able to have more flexibility in your diet.
1: Um, yeah, so the whole point of our podcast is that we're different than other autoimmune podcasts out there because there's um I talked about this maybe on the last food episode, maybe before that, but there's one actually two particular doctors that I love their podcast, but they will tell you time and time and time again what foods to eat and what foods not to eat, and how it like helped patients that they had, or how like one of them talks about his mom all the time who had cancer and it helped her and this is the thing. It literally aggravates me. Cause I'm like, if I ate half of the shit that they talk about, I would be so flared up and maybe not down the line, but like, I can't just take that as my truth. It's not my truth. Yes. Right. And so that's why we're saying over and over and over, it might be for you. And it might not just let this like Open up your mind a little bit. And if nothing else, let it like take away some of that like fear mentality from you. Um, I'll share something that I shared before Eric and I started recording, which is that for the first time in four and a half plus years um, in being in Australia and New Zealand, there's a lot of dishes here that have meat in them. And the meat here just like looks and smells so much better than in the U.S., And Mm -hmm. for the first time ever, there was like, you know, been meat cooked and stuff like that around me. And I'm like, oh my God, that actually smells really good. And like, I would, Mm -hmm. I would maybe eat that. Right. And that's the first time I've thought like that in a long time. And so at first it catches me off guard. I'm like, whoa, like I'm not used to thinking this way. And I was looking at my, I was talking to my boyfriend and I was like, gosh, you know, I think I might like try meat again soon. Like, I don't know. I'm not quite at the point yet where I'm like, ready to fully try it because I do still have some of that fear mentality and I don't I need to mm-hmm. if I'm going to try something like that I need to not have that fear and that's kind of like yes how I started eating fish again is like okay I don't have that fear anymore I'm going to eat it and I've been fine mm-hmm. right same thing mm-hmm. with goat cheese same thing with little things that I've been adding back in um but with those things again I I went without them for each of them at least 6 months at a time um and Same thing with sourdough bread, like there's Mm. some really good breads around here like every cafe has like really nice, like fresh sourdough loaves. And, um, like the places that we've been staying at have had really good bread and stuff. And so it's just been sounding really good and I've been wanting to try so bad, but then like current circumstances, um, my body is just not loving being here. I'm just going to say it straight out. If, um, you're a little sensitive to, I don't know anything don't listen skip 15 seconds ahead but (laughs) if you're a little sensitive don't listen to the don't listen
0: to our podcast yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) because uh we hit a few notes on every single podcast that's 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 probably gonna offend
1: someone (laughs) um (laughs) but i'm just gonna come straight out okay Ever since the past like four plus years, I am really regular. I poop three times a day. It comes out really easy. You don't even know that I pooped. I go in the bathroom. I come right back out and I'm like, great. Right. That has not happened since Australia. So we were in New Zealand for the first couple of weeks and I was doing great and like eating a little bit off like my normal because I was eating more like fried stuff, I would say overall. But for the most part, it was like pretty good and I was OK ever since we got to Australia. I don't know what it is, but like my body is just not loving it. And I've been so freaking constipated. It's horrible. And like that being said, I've still had like BMs here and there, but it's in like still every day. Thank God, but it's not it. Okay. And if you're listening to this, I hope you understand me. Like, it's just not it. It's not the way that my body oh, actually yeah. goes. And so anyway, I really wanted sourdough the other day. And I told my boyfriend, I'm like, I think that I'm like mostly past this like fear, right? I'm not like, oh my God, if I might, I may eat it and I might flare up. I'm kind of like, you know what? If I flare up from it, at least I know. And at least I enjoyed the sourdough, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was about to do it. And he was like, um, okay, just think this through for like another second. He's like, first of all, you're a little backed up right now. He's like, second of all, we're on the last leg of our trip. Like if it does flare you up, fine. I know you're prepared, but- you're going to be kicking yourself if you're flared up for the last, you know, week of this trip. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I've, I've put a pause button on that for now, but I feel like that's like a next part of my little food endeavor. Um. So the point there is like, I would say, make sure that you're kind of past that fear before you start to try to incorporate things. That's huge because otherwise you have that fear still there. And we talk about this like probably every single episode. But when you have that fear, you're gonna build up build up like the guilt and the shame if you do flare up afterwards. And you need to not have that because that's just gonna make it all feel so much worse, right? Um well, food is a uh, fear is a trigger.
0: Yeah, that's the exactly. thing. Exactly. The fear is a trigger. So if you're going into eating something, going, oh my god, my joints are gonna flare up, da-da-da, mm-hmm. it might happen to you. Yeah, versus I have people I know my clients that are like you know, I, I had a fun time and I indulged a little bit. Guess what? I woke up and I had no freaking pain because they yes. weren't
1: overly thinking yes. about it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the key. So don't try something if you're still in that mentality is all I'm saying. Um, really think yeah. things through before and don't just be like, Oh, eh, well, whatever. Like maybe that whatever is actually your like defense mechanism. And deep down, you're actually terrified. Like that's yeah. going to make it worse. Cause it all snowballs. Um, Okay, so I'll go on to what my dinners typically are. I kind of go all over the place. I really love anything Asian inspired, to be honest. Um, And I tend to go that way for dinner a lot. But I would say the majority, like I said, bowls are queen. Like, it's just so easy and so fresh. And like, you can do so many different things with just making a bowl out of something. Um, And so I'll have kind of similar to like my lunches is... um, like a rice or a potato or quinoa or brown rice pasta um, and then some sort of vegetable, 90% of the time, air fried vegetables, because let's be honest, nothing's better than that. And it's so fast and easy and like a little bit Mm -hmm. crispy and just delicious. I put any type of vegetable. Um, A lot of times it's like uh, carrots, broccoli, green beans, asparagus, bell peppers. Those are things that like I personally tend to gravitate towards cauliflower, Um, and so I'll do some sort of starch, some sort of vegetable, a lot of times like tofu or lately I've been loving doing like a, um, wild caught salmon, uh, just sometimes throwing that in the air fryer too, or just putting it like on a pan or sometimes I'll do like smoked salmon. Uh, recently since I've been traveling though, um, dinners have looked kind of similar when we've cooked on our own. It's been a lot of that. Um, pastas. I love making like a pasta sauce. Basically, I'll take like a can of petite diced tomatoes that don't have any salt added, and then I'll kind of make my own sauce. And so I just do it really fast because if you make like a true kind of marinara style sauce, it takes a lot of time, right? Oh, yeah. I do like <laughs> a, what I call a cheat sauce. And so I'll do either a can of just like t- plain tomato sauce or petite diced tomatoes, put it in a, um, in a saucepan. And then let it heat up and add a little bit of olive oil and all the spices. Like if I have an Italian blend on hand, I'll just throw some of that in. Or I'll do like, if I don't have that, I'll put, um, you know, the typical garlic, powder onion powder salt pepper and then also do and I whenever I say salt and pepper always cracked pepper and sea salt always I don't stray yep, away from that same, at home same. I always use Himalayan pink sea salt personally but never table salt please like it just tastes no gross <laughs> I'm sorry um, it's too salty tasty yeah, it has yeah. like, too salty of a taste yeah now. it's just not it um and then I'll do if I don't have the Italian seasoning to make this like super simple pasta sauce I'll just do um like oregano and dried oregano. I can know dried basil, um, maybe any sort of other, you know, Italian seasonings that I have and a little bit of uh, red pepper flakes because I love a little bit of spice in. Same, same. Always. Yeah. I always add a little bit of red pepper flakes yeah. to my pasta. And then one of my – okay, so I have two kind of go-to pasta recipes specifically. I just want to go more towards the pasta side because, you know, it's more of that, like, wintry vibe. Um, I've been loving making, like, a Cajun pasta. And so I've been doing basically that sauce that I just talked about. And then, um, or if I'm like super short on time, I'll find a jar of like a marinara sauce. Always check your labels, you guys, because most marinara sauces have like things like sugar. milk and cheese and sugar. Yeah. And like canola oil, vegetable oil, check your yep. ingredients. Cause there are some really good brands out there that have like Rayo's is one of my favorite brands. It's pretty pricey. Um, but you can find it at most like major, um, supermarkets in at least in the States. Um, It's spelled R-A-O, uh, which fun fact is actually a restaurant in um, New York, too. But um, so always check your ingredients. It should literally basically be like spices, maybe garlic, onion, you know, that sort of thing. And then like tomato and maybe a little bit of like extra virgin olive oil and salt. Like it shouldn't have a bunch of the extra stuff. So anyway, I'll take whatever marinara sauce I'm using and I'll add just a little bit of I like doing oat milk because it's a little bit creamier, but make sure it's unsweetened, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then adding a bunch of like chili powder, paprika. Um, I know I'm forgetting something. I have the recipe. If anyone's interested, you can just message me. Is nutritional yeast involved? Uh, I don't think that I've put nutritional yeast in it. Actually. Mm. I'm trying to remember. I do have it written down. I probably should search it right now, but I just don't feel like it. So just message. Um, (laughs) and then I'll add whatever vegetables I have on hand. A lot of times it's like, like I said, bell peppers, broccoli, whatever. Um, But it's really good. And I don't know why I never thought of doing it before because you have like the heat and it gives that like Cajun flavor, but it's still like nice and creamy and it's, oh, I love it. If I want something that's not quite as like creamy, then I love doing this artichoke sun dried tomato pasta. So freaking easy. I basically cook the pasta and then I toss it with, um, in a separate pan. I'll toss some extra virgin olive oil, some sometimes onion, sometimes not. If I have it, I do. If I don't, I don't. And then fresh garlic, like kind of a lot of garlic uh, minced. And then I'll saute that up, add a whole bunch of spinach because, you know, it cooks down a lot. And I just like to add a bunch of extra greens in if I can, especially if it's not going to add. Sometimes if you add a bunch of greens, it like adds too much substance. And you're just like, oh, I feel like this is straight up rabbit food. Mm -hmm. But something like that where it cooks down and I can know that I'm putting a bunch of extra nutrients in it. Perfect. Right. So I toss a ton of spinach in there, let it cook down add some chopped up um artichoke. I just get it from like a can mm-hmm. um in brine and I just like get it out, like chop them up small kind of like slices. Um, Add the artichoke in some capers, some sun-dried tomatoes chopped into small pieces, just toss it all together. And it's not necessarily like a sauce, but the oil kind of coats everything. And then you toss it into the pasta and kind of like mix it all up. I um, used to add toasted pine nuts to it, but I um, figured out that pine nuts were actually aggravating my symptoms. And so I'll do toasted walnuts instead, but you could really do toasted whatever. Um, And it just adds a little bit of like a crunch, a smoky flavor. And then like fresh cracked peppers, uh, sea salt, whatever. But it's just so simple and it's freaking delicious. Like every time I've made it for anyone, they're like, this is amazing. And it's so, so easy. Um, But yeah, I would say overall, um, since I've been eating here, it's been kind of a lot of seafood dishes just because – a lot of the dishes here, I either, if we're eating out, I either have to like modify and be like, Oh, I can't have this. I can't have that. And I hate doing that. So I'll usually find something on the menu that I can have. And it tends to be some sort of bowl (laughs) or like a seafood pasta. And so I've kind of been doing more seafood than usual and I've been okay symptom wise, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's been a little bit different eating since I've been here, but the funny part is overall, Australia and New Zealand are like relatively similar to eating in the States, I would say, Um, as far as a lot of the flavors and the things offered. It's just the fact that everything just seems a little bit more fresh when it comes to at least like the animal products.
0: Mm, Yeah. I was going to say, I forgot to mention, like I kind of said a lot of almost like rich, like decadent meals, kind Mm. of. I just thought about that. And I'm like, but a lot of what we also eat is like, Just air frying, you know, a piece of like chicken, like either Mm a chicken breast or chicken thigh and like heavily season it with like paprika and smoked paprika, salt, pepper, garlic, you know, salt, you know, the basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And then um, even like roasting a sweet potato and then having like Mm -hmm. roasted vegetables like that is probably the most common thing that we eat is like just, you know, an animal based protein, some type of potato and vegetables. So Mm -hmm. it literally is as simple as that. And I think like the most important part out of all of this is just being in control of what is going into your food, right? So when you are buying like packaged stuff, you are going to get a lot of this garbage that could be irritating your symptoms versus like, I cook all of my stuff with extra virgin olive oil. Like that's Mm -hmm. everything, the oil or avocado oil. I'm. Yeah. Or avocado oil. But like, I really realized I've talked about this before that all the seed oils and all that stuff Mm -hmm. were really Mm -hmm. aggravated me. And they were in a lot of the Plant-based stuff that I was eating, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and that mentality was just like, well, it's plant-based; it has to be healthy. But then I started doing a lot of research on like seed oils, and because I literally know that's and seeds are my biggest trigger. I was like, well, why would I be having the yeah. oils? Like, why, why would, why would I be? You know, all of that stuff was irritating me. So this year, I really feel like I have even a better grasp on the things that are really irritating me. And I've also gotten very simple and basic with the way that I'm eating. Mm. Just getting back to the roots of like my husband and I were talking about it. It's like everything we buy is local. We're getting mm. our meat locally. We get our dairy locally. Not, not, not that we even eat a lot of dairy, honestly, like a few pasta dishes, like maybe mm. on you know something, I don't know, like a cheeseburger if we go out. But we're not having a lot of dairy, but when we do, we get it locally and then our bread and then go to the farmer's market and we get like our asparagus and Brussels sprouts and things like that. So it's all like local. And I feel like we're just kind of getting back to like the simplicity of eating. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I was eating plant-based, everything was kind of getting, and this is not talking bad on people that eat a plant-based diet. This is just how the progression of me. Being vegan for over five and a half years is that I started whole foods. And then, because of the conveniency of all the highly processed vegan alternatives, Mm -hmm. it turned into eating a lot of stuff that had triggers in it that I didn't even wasn't even aware of. And for me, that was soy. Like that was soy. That was the seed oils. That is you know, the nuts and seeds. Um, and even now not having as much beans and like legumes in my diet, mm-hmm. I feel better because every time now when I eat beans and this is crazy, cause I'm like, what the hell My I, I was eating beans like three times uh, a day when I was plant-based. Um, but now like, even when I have a lot of beans, like my digestion feels like rumbly and weird. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is so interesting. Like, I don't know. I feel like things have changed, but it's all it all happened. You know when it needed to happen. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like I was suffering for like many years on a pale face diet. It was really like after COVID, Mm whatever that was in Mm -hmm. 2020. Is that 20 or 21?
1: Uh, I think 2021 is when we both got it.
0: Yes. So whenever that point was, that's when things kind of changed, and I like noticed my body maybe even reacting differently to foods after COVID. I don't know. Something happened, but I just feel like my symptoms are pretty freaking low. Like mm-hmm. now I'm like, I feel like my gut feels very, very clean and, and I'm less reactive to foods. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again, this is this point of my life, this point of <laughs> my journey, whatever. Um and that's that's all i can speak on but i feel yeah. i feel really good and i'm like enjoying my food and i feel connected to my food mm-hmm. and i feel like i'm doing it as consciously and sustainable as i possibly can and i'm not perfect obviously we're going to go out to a restaurant and it's not like they're yeah. serving you know grass fed yeah this or i mean you can there are places like that but i'm saying like i'm not going to like get rigid about it and be like i only eat from yeah. here you know like When I buy food, it's coming from those places. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm in control of that, if we're out at a restaurant, I choose the best thing. It's all about that. Like
1: controlling what you can control. And like when you're at a restaurant, you're not like, Oh, how dare they not have whatever. Like, (laughs) Oh
0: yeah. Have you seen the show Portlandia? Yeah. Yeah. It's, there's like a skit of a specific couple and they're all like um, very conscious about everything but to the extreme and like I don't want to be like where did this chicken yeah this chicken raise you know it's like fuck it's just like a yeah fast food, fast food but whatever like yeah. um so yeah this I I talked about it several times now but I feel like I'm just feeling more normalized as a person mm. with the autoimmune disease. Like I feel normal and not in the sense of like, I'm trying to fit into the rest with the rest of the society because that couldn't be farther from the truth. My husband eat and I eat so much different from yeah. our friends. Like yeah. they're just like, they'll eat like hot dogs and like weird yeah. things shit. Like we're like, we're still very conscious, but I feel more normalized where I can go out and I can eat stuff now. And I, I know mm-hmm. it's not going to trigger me. So that feels, that feels good. You know? So yeah. That feels.
1: Yeah. I that, think that yeah, all anyone good. is like searching for is just a little bit more normalcy in any aspect of life, much less like food is obviously huge. And you know, the, the, there's a reason that all of our food episodes get the most traction, right? Because food is a huge topic in the autoimmune community and also a huge source of fear. And we all are just like, can I get some sort of like, you know, um, reprieve from thinking about food or you know talking about food or any of it sometimes and sometimes it just helps to hear from someone else being like you're not broken nothing's wrong with you like it can get better you can tune more into your body you can recognize what foods actually make you feel like and move forward you know but like it does take time Many of us in the autoimmune world are best friends with heating packs. We're here to tell you that it's time to ditch them because we have something even better for you. Our new favorite pain relieving product is not like any other heating products that either of us have ever tried.
0: Thermotex offers a variety of infrared heating products. They're really high quality, effective, and convenient. It's super easy to do. All you have to do is flip on the switch, let it heat up, and instantly enjoy the healing
1: benefits. Because they incorporate infrared technology, the energy is absorbed six centimeters into your body, traditional heating packs only penetrate about a quarter of a centimeter. The other cool part about this technology is that it isn't insanely hot to the touch, so you don't have to worry about burning yourself or having to reheat it frequently. Thermotex is currently offering our listeners a 10% discount on any personal product with our special code, autoimmuneandyou, all one word. And as always, that link is in the show notes. We literally use our heating pads every single day, and we can't
0: wait for you guys to start using this as part of your healing regimen.
1: Um, something I want to go back for a second to when you were talking about processed foods and something that I'm constantly asking myself when I'm shopping for groceries, um, or even if I'm at a restaurant is, could I make this myself? So like, for instance, yeah, yeah. super easy example, you go to the grocery store and you see those little packets of oatmeal that are like strawberry oatmeal. Right. And you're like, oh, it looks, it looks again, greenwashing yeah. looks on the front, like, It's totally fine. It's natural, whatever words, buzzwords it has on the front. And then you look at the ingredients, you're like, oh my God, there's like oils in here and sugar and molasses and all this extra stuff. I always look at something like that. I'm like, could I make that myself? Easy, literally make your rolled oats and then add some fresh jam to it. Or you can even make yeah. your own jam, literally blend up strawberries and a little bit of sugar. Boom. Done. Like it is mm-hmm. just as easy as buying the packet of shit, like everything. Yeah. And if I'm at a restaurant and like, I honestly try to get dishes where I'm like, I wouldn't make that. And, or I couldn't make that at home. Right. Like I want to kind of like, if I'm going to indulge a little bit, I want to like, know that I'm doing it with purpose and not just like, I could easily make this at home. That's my personal mentality, and that's not even just like a health thing. That's just in general. Yeah, but, like that's with the yeah. same.
0: Same for me. Why? Like, yeah. why am I going to pay thirty dollars for this meal when I can make yeah. this at home? I I try to choose something that's not really
1: like in my wheelhouse to yeah. like go forward exactly. and like make
0: that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Or like, um, going back to the package thing, I see a lot of you know, like the quick like rice packages, and sometimes those are great in a pinch, like grabbing you know the little packet that has like rice you know let's say garlic and herb rice for instance um we got a packet of that when we were here um we were in an airbnb in new zealand we were cooking and we are like we just needed something easy and there was like five different brands of them and all but one of them had just like so much shit in it and one of them was literally basically like the rice the spices a little bit of olive oil like that's what was in it mm-hmm. and Yes, I definitely could have made that at home. But in that moment, it was more the convenience of, oh, I throw this, you know, in a pan for five minutes and it's cooked versus grabbing the brown rice, letting that cook, buying the spices. We're traveling. We're not going to use the rest of the spices. Like you have to kind of pick and choose. But there's always, we said this in the grocery shopping guide, um, episode 56. There's always a better option, right? And so if you do have to go the processed route, find the better option. And if you are looking at the processed route and you go, huh? This would actually be really easy for me to make when you look at the ingredients and you go, oh, all I need is oil and spices and I have that at home. Let me just grab some regular brown rice then. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, so like the rice
0: pilafs at the store, mm-hmm. they have like this hydrogelized, like yep. soy isolate yep. shit in it. And I'm like, why the fuck is this in here? I just want rice and I yeah. want like oil and a few herbs. So my husband started actually making it just doing white rice adding like the veggie bouillon into mm-hmm. it and like garlic and onion powder and like fresh parsley
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's way better. Yeah. It tastes like and rice fresh. pilaf, but it's, it's fresh. And so the thing is when you are buying products that have 10 or more ingredients, right. It has this perigenian, I don't know how to pronounce that <laughs> properly. It has the, the, the gua, uh, gum guar, the, mm-hmm. like all these things in it, right. It's going to be really difficult for you to tell What about that process thing is actually Mm. causing you the inflammation, right? So, when you are eating things like olive oil, like veggies with like olive oil and seasonings on it, right? Like seasonings that you have at home, like basic stuff, you'll be able to compare that and say, okay, when I had this, I felt very triggered versus Mm. when I made it at home. So, you're going to be able to see. But like if there's too many ingredients and in too many things, it's going to really make it difficult for you because I know people that have food sugars to like the caramel color mm. in like foods and stuff like that is a huge they'll get migraines and they'll have all the stuff. So the point is when you are eating more simple, you're going to have a better understanding of what foods actually affect you. And yeah, you can tune in better you. overall. Yeah. And it just, just, I mean, that's a whole other thing, you know, we've Mm -hmm. probably talked about, but it doesn't make any sense why breads have more than two or three ingredients Mm -hmm. in it. It doesn't make any sense why rice has all this added stuff. That's like, what, what are these things? If you Mm -hmm. can't read it and know what it is, you Mm -hmm. probably should. Or why it's in there. Yeah, why it's in there? But I mean, look at you. Don't need to live in a bubble, and no one's mm-hmm. freaking perfect. Like yeah. you know, no one's perfect. But the point is, your body is going to feel overall better if you are eating cleaner and you are uh, aware of what's going into your food compared to eating things blindly. Like the mm-hmm. commonality between Rachel and I of feeling good the way that we eat is that we are conscious Mm -hmm. we're not perfect we're conscious I mean that's what it really takes so Mm -hmm. somebody could be eating a plant-based diet a specific way and if they're eating whole foods and whatever they might feel good a person eating you know more like me I don't have a specific way of eating but Mm -hmm. you know more like whole paleo ish Mm -hmm. but not even that like more like farm to table I guess kind of way that i guess i would say i was i'm eating now um it's all natural it's yeah. all from its natural form there's not, not yeah yeah exactly the other thing is is like so i guess i don't know there's like all this stuff going around about like eggs right now um like how eggs are so expensive and this and that mm-hmm. and um you know i have only been getting my eggs from the farmers that is like religiously getting my eggs mm-hmm. from the farmers market one, like, you know, the, they're more nutrient-dense because they're pasture-raised. Oh, my God. You can tell off...
1: such a difference in the look even and the taste and all of oh it. Oh, my God. Consistency. It's insane. Yes. When when the chicken is eating
0: bugs and they're connected to the earth and they're eating, like, scraps of, like, veggies, that is going to make a whole difference in their whole entire li- entire like cellular makeup Mm -hmm. you know and then you're consuming those things
1: then if they're eating Um, like gray grains like
0: yeah I like shared in my stories today like the only place I get my eggs from is the my farmer's market not every but not every city is going to have a farmer's Mm -hmm. market but maybe it's a couple cities over like check it out I talk about this all the time like people underestimate the like value of their mm-hmm. local farmers market. Mm-hmm. Like one, you're supporting like local businesses. You know, that your eggs have it. If I'm in California, my eggs aren't traveling all the way from like mm-hmm. I- Idaho or something like that. You know, it's like when literally there's chicken farms yeah. around me um, that are not in factory farm confinement, they're living actually normal lives, yeah. you know? Um, And so that makes a difference.
1: Yeah, um, we. I think it was like. Uh, I'm trying to remember which episode. It was a long time ago. I think it was um 2021. So it was like either like episode 22, 23. I think it was one of those two maybe um where we talked a lot about like connection to food and we talked a lot about like farmers markets and stuff mm-hmm. yeah um and how disconnected we've gotten from food and it still sticks with me the story you were talking about how someone like tried to return lettuce because there was like a bug in it and it's like oh, oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah like that actually is a good thing that there's a live bug in your food that means that there's not yep. like not in your food but like your produce that like you know it was alive meaning there's not pesticides all over it but um something that I find interesting is so like being in New-, New Zealand and Australia, most of the eggs that you find at like a lot of the stores are mostly like pasture raised, like pretty natural. You're always going to, you know, find ones yeah. that aren't, but for the most part, that's the eggs you'll find. And the interesting mm-hmm. part is they're all brown eggs and they like yep. frequently you open the container. There might be like a feather in there and stuff. Yep. Like that's pretty common here. Like almost every single carton of eggs we've gotten has had like a little baby feather. Like, Yeah. and Max was like, Oh yeah, that's like pretty common here, which is actually really nice. It connects you back. Even just seeing that tiny little feather. is Like, yep. You know, this comes from an animal and I'm so grateful that like, we are able to eat this and sustain ourselves and like grateful that, you know, we have things like that that can provide food. And you know, it, it just brings you back even seeing a tiny little feather, like it connects you just enough. Um, So I don't know. I think just like having that connection to your food overall, again, is just so special. And that's why we talk about farmers markets all the time. I went to one yesterday here in um, Adelaide, Australia, and it was just absolutely beautiful. I want to talk on one more thing that I don't think gets um, spoken about nearly enough or really at all. What are you drinking What are you drinking in your day? Because I guarantee you that A, you're probably not drinking enough water and B, you might be eating a pretty freaking clean diet, but then the things that you're drinking are kind of negating that. So things like energy drinks, things like, you know, even those things that are marketed as healthier, like Celsius and I don't know, all those like other bullshit drinks. I'm sorry. Yeah, they are shit. They're literally shit. And you're drinking them soda, like these things that you might be drinking every day and not thinking like, oh, my God, why are my symptoms still so bad? Look at the things you are drinking, not just eating. Absolutely. guaranteed like Erica and I are constantly drinking water we've talked about this a million times always have I'm a thirsty water bottle right now you. I'm like yeah. I don't have my water right now and I'm like I need water I feel like lost and yeah. like nervous if I don't have my water by me yep um and like be, you should be drinking primarily water and you should be drinking about half of your body weight in ounces of water um if you're kind of in um U.S. like pounds, Um, yeah. and then as far as if you're like you know in the imperial imperial system, right? That's like liters and all that. Okay. You should be drinking about two liters of water or more per day. Like literally. Um, so important. And I don't think that most people drink enough water and that is outside of things, other things that you drink throughout your day, like juices and teas and coffee that those don't count towards your water consumption. Okay. So make sure you are paying attention to what you are drinking as well, because that will be a huge difference.
0: Absolutely. And you're negative, your water intake, when you are consuming caffeinated beverages, Mm -hmm. you go negative. So like you need to, if you need to factor in, if I, you know, I only drank this amount of water today, but I've had two cups of tea, you know, two cups of black tea. I've had coffee. I've had this, Mm -hmm. you need to be drinking even more than that, but yeah. And I've been sharing, uh, like on Instagram, some of the things that I have changed in my lifestyle, the way that I, uh, live with an autoimmune disease and a water filter has been Mm -hmm. the hugest part. I'm telling you, if you don't like water, it's probably because you haven't had really clean, pure water. Yeah. Really good, clean, pure water is addictive. I drink, mm-hmm. I have, I've consumed way more water than when I didn't have my Berkey water filtration system. Absolutely. And um, we, we don't even think about how much stuff is in our water? Mm. How many contaminants, how many pollutants? I mean, think about it. People, you know, flush or like throw like pills down the Mm. sink. There's like viruses, there's bacteria, there's plastics, there's all this stuff in our water. And because we were made up of mostly water, don't we think we should be consuming really good pure water? Mm. And obviously, you know, it, it is a bit of a privilege to have a nice filtration system. You know, mm-hmm. there are filters out there, but they're not going to cut out the majority of what you really need to like fully thrive with like clean water, because mm-hmm. I have definitely noticed the difference from, I can't even, if I go to a friend's house or something, I'm like, you guys have filtered water. Like I, I it's just so different. Now mm-hmm. I can taste the chlorine in water that has not been, filtered properly. Mm -hmm. And obviously you go out to a restaurant, you're just getting whatever water and that's Mm -hmm. okay, but it's all within your control. Like Mm -hmm. I've been sharing that a lot on Instagram. Like my home is my safe haven. My home is where I can control Mm -hmm. the uh, air quality, the uh, the products that I use, the sheets on my bed, the candles that I burn, Mm -hmm. like all of this, like I that's one place that we can't control. We can't control if we go outside into a city. I mean, I'm 30 minutes east of LA, so I'm sure we get pollution from mm-hmm. there. Uh thankfully I'm not in like the thick of pollution because you could definitely see the pollution around <laughs> LA when you're driving from my yeah. house. Um I'm in pretty a, a clean environment where there's lots of trees, which I'm very thankful about. But you can just control what's going on in your house. So if you live, you know, in an environment where there is a lot of pollution outside, then get like an air filter. If you feel like your skin is like dry and itchy and your hair is dense, get a filter for your shower. Like Mm -hmm. there's things that you can do. And that's a whole other thing we could actually have a whole episode yeah. on because yeah. I've shared on Instagram and I've been getting a lot of DMs and questions about like specific things. So I think that
1: would be a next good conversation to have. And also remember that the things that you're eating and drinking will absolutely affect all of that as well, right? Like yep. Um, your hair, your skin, your nails, your digestion, yep. your brain fog, your memory, like people often disassociate um, the fact that your mind and your body and your soul are so connected. And like we always talk about, it's a complete continuum. And so I've noticed over the past couple of weeks, like when I've had things that I'm not used to, like I said, kind of like more fried stuff in a day, the next day I'm either like, just out of it. I'm kind of crabby or like my memory. Is not very good? I'm just kind of like lethargic. And then the next day I kind of, you know, clean things up a little bit more and I'm like, Oh yeah, I feel great today. Right. Just remember Mm -hmm. that that's not just because yes, you might be dealing with, you know, anxiety, depression. I'm not negating any of that, but the foods and the drinks that you're having will make those things way worse. So just kind of keep in mind that everything's connected.
0: Absolutely. And I want to end on because probably I this episode is probably getting long, but I do want to end on, I have dealt with anxiety and depression my whole life up until my diagnosis. I feel like my depression has fully gone away. Yes. I get sad here and there and I get, you know, in my head with things, but I don't deal with depression anymore. And that was clinical depression. Mm-hmm. And I also had clinical anxiety. Like mm-hmm. I dealt with that majorly. I mean, I would have panic attacks and panic attacks um but the thing is when i wasn't eating right and i wasn't taking care of myself my anxiety was through the roof people don't mm-hmm. understand when you eat shitty food your mood is off your you're, body's just constantly you're, on
1: hyperdrive
0: you're you're more susceptible to getting anxiety and because you know, I didn't start the mindset work, like really, really fully into it. The first couple of years of my diagnosis, yes, there was like fundamentals that I was trying to incorporate, but I'm nowhere. I was nowhere where I'm at today. The food changed my mental health Mm -hmm. because I started to actually supply my body with the proper nutrients Mm -hmm. and like fuel myself with the right things. My anxiety became less and less and less. And of course, as I did the deep inner work and, you know, things to actually promote my mental health, that helped as well. But the diet was honestly the foundation. That was mm-hmm. my transition into having less anxiety, into having less depression. And there's actually tons of research out there. So uh, anyone who's listening to this going, well, I've yes. had it worse and da-da-da. I'm not saying that, you know, that's going to completely cure you, but I'm going to say it could make 70%, 80% difference Mm -hmm. in your mental health if
1: you supply your body with the right nutrients. Mm -hmm. Think of like your mind almost as your body in the sense of, We need to eat food to fuel the inside and to fuel the energy. Right. But we also need to be doing things like movement to help the other systems in your body. So it's kind of the same thing with your mind, right? Things like mindset work, you know, meditation, journaling movement, even like all of that does help your mind. But if you're just doing that, you're not going to notice nearly as much of a difference as if you're literally supplying your brain with that same type of energy that you're trying to supply your body with. So Well, that's
0: the gut brain access, Mm -hmm. right? Like the gut is directly related to our serotonin, our dopamine levels. Like there's a whole, there's a whole science, especially Mm -hmm. within, I would say like, even in the last 10 years of that, like gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I would really love because I, I have an understanding of it right but I don't feel confident to be able to like articulate that fully to you guys
1: yeah we'll but I would to really like an love on here I was
0: gonna say I'd really like to have a specialist on the gut brain mm-hmm. axis and how that really truly translates mm-hmm. because I think me more people need to have that understanding of like it's not just me sitting down doing a meditation thinking positively mm-hmm. it's like it's literally coming from your gut microbiome yes. and that makes a huge difference yeah so yeah let us know if, uh, <laughs> any of these topics interest you or if we said something that you would like more clarity on, Yes, give us some recommendations We're of like maybe specialists.
1: Yes. Um, yeah. If you have, um, once again, anyone that you really want to see on our podcast that you're like, oh my God, that would be incredible. Please message us. Cause we've been building our list of ideal guests no guest is too big. No guest is too small. So we want to hear from you. Like who's someone that you really want to hear from that maybe you've never reached out to before, or you really look up to because we want to be able to have them on here and have them share their message with you. Exactly. So
0: guys, we will talk to you on the next episode. Toodle-oo. Bye. (laughs)